welcome back to 724 Life. I'm Lee Towns, and I'm the founder and pastor here at 724 Life. And uh, I'm glad you joined us for another in our teaching series. Uh, we've been in a kind of series, as we've been talking over the past few episodes, called Different. And uh, I, I fundamentally believe that when we enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, uh, we are different. And uh, that is a given, I think. Uh, people who choose to follow Jesus um, choose to become different. But, but beyond becoming different because we've chosen to follow Jesus, there's also the reality that we experience something different, that Jesus offers us something that, that no one and nothing uh, else offers us in this world in which we find ourselves. And, and then we are made different because as we receive that, we're affected by it and shaped by it and become distributors of those differences. And so, so I think that choosing to follow Jesus is a choice to become different in a great way. You know, I think we all have this fundamental longing, and this series is built on this, that, that we want to be a better version of ourselves than we are, that we want to keep growing and keep developing and, and keep maturing, whatever word you want to use there. But the reality is we want to be a better version of me. And Jesus does that. That's, that's actually the offer of the gospel is that, that when we say yes to a relationship with Jesus, he begins to make us a better version of ourselves. And so we've been zeroing in on this idea of being different with the, with the kind of backdrop idea that Paul describes that when we choose to follow Jesus, what happens in us is a sharp contrast to what's going on around us. And he describes it like this in the little book of Philippians, the letter he wrote to that church in Philippi. He says, you'll shine like stars in the night sky. The contrast between light and dark, the contrast is sharp and distinct. And and that's true of us. And so we've been kind of focusing in on how are we different? Uh, what what does it what what happens in us? What is made different in us when we choose to say yes to Jesus? And and we know that what happens in us is because of what has happened to us that we have experienced different, and so we become different. And so today uh, we're going to focus in on how we have experienced and we give away a different kind of love. We've been shaped by. Love that's unlike any other love we've known. Jesus described it in a whole bunch of ways, but we just know that that love is different. And in a world that is filled with anxiety and stress and harshness and meanness and, and really at times unkindness, uh, wouldn't it be great if we had a different kind of love? I'm convinced that if those of us who choose to follow Jesus allow our lives and our hearts to be shaped by this different kind of love, the world in which we live would be a much gentler, much kinder, much less stressed, much more hope-filled place. And so not only do we need it in order to become a better version of ourselves, but our world needs it to become a better version of who it is. And so today, let's explore this idea. We're going to look at the book of Romans uh, as we've been doing. And so if you want to grab your Bible, you can. We obviously will put the text up on the screen for you to see. But we're going to look at just a few verses from Romans chapter 12. But I hope today, whatever, whether you engage with the Bible or you just listen, uh, I hope that today what you experience over these next few minutes uh, helps you uh, be more of a passionate follower of Jesus, the kind of person that follows him in every year of your life, seven days a week, 24 hours a day. 
Welcome to the 724 Life Podcast. I'm Lee Towns, the founder and pastor of 724 Life. At 724 Life, we are committed to helping you passionately follow Jesus seven days a week, 24 hours a day in every area of your life. Please be sure that you are fully connected with us by following and liking our Facebook and Instagram accounts at 724 Life Ministry. Also, subscribe and like our YouTube channel at 724 Life. Or you can follow me on Vimeo at Lee Towns. And of course, subscribe to and like this podcast. On these podcasts, we'll be sharing teaching and conversations about how you can experience and follow Jesus in every area of your life, seven days a week, 24 hours a day. So let's get started today. Thanks for joining us. So Romans 12 uh, talks about uh, love in a kind of different way. Before we get there, let's just admit together that we're kind of all love junkies, aren't we? Some of us are, are more easily or more readily um, willing to uh, say that and admit that, but we all are. I mean, we all have this kind of thread in us that uh, wants to be loved. In fact, sociologists tell us that of the top four or five primary fundamental needs for every human being, love is in there. We, we have this need to be loved. We've done all kinds of studies and we understand that uh, those who uh, live their life in, with a love deficit, um, there's all kinds of aberrant things that happen in their life. And, uh, and so we, we spend a lot of time and energy trying to be loved. I mean, we don't want to admit that because we want to think, well, I don't care, but we do. We really do deep down care. That I don't care attitude is playing to the crowd, so to speak. And, and, and we do stuff like, like, I just have to be honest. There's a, there's a handful of things that I, I've thought through that, you know, I've done in order to get somebody's attention and get somebody to love me. I, I've, I bought flowers. I've written poems, you know, maybe you've done one or two of those things and no, I'm not reading you any of my poems because I am not a poet, but, uh, but, but I've done that right to, to try to get somebody's attention. I I've, I've got to be honest, I've eaten food that I didn't necessarily want or even like, but I did it because that was what that person wanted in order to get her love, you know, and, 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 and I've, I've worn things, I've, I've worn clothes and I've changed even my physical appearance uh, in order to, to get love. I mean, I do that. And, and you do too, you, you do too. The, the clothes you wear and the, the way you post on social media and the, and the way you carry yourself, the way you talk, the way, you know, just all kinds of things that we do because we are built as creatures to pursue love because we need it. We need love. Like we need oxygen and we need water and, you know, we, we need love. And, and that, that drive for love in us um, is so strong that at times we settle for, um, a less than love. And so when we, when we think about love, uh, you know, I need to kind of talk about language a little bit. And, and, and here's what I want you to understand. In the English language, we just really have one word, love, right? And we use love for all kinds of things. Like, like I love pancakes or I love macaroni and cheese. I, I like both of those and love macaroni and cheese. But, but we, so we love that. And, and that's different than um, this is my brother. I, I have a younger brother that's 22 months younger than me. I love Ira. And, 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 and that's a different kind of love than when I say I love Carla, who is my wife and has been since we were in high school. We, we were sweethearts and got married early in college. And, and I love her. But, but those are all different love, right? But we still use the same word. Well, in the, 
ancient language, the Greek language in which the Bible was written, there are several words that is that are used uh, to describe love, those kinds of feelings. Um, and those words depend on, you know, the description uh, that they're attached to, like I just outlined. And so it's a little easier to differentiate in the original language that there are nuances or kinds of love that we experience. So when we start talking about love in a different way, the word in the original language is agapao. It's this kind of love that is self-sacrificing, giving all of itself without reservation to the one that it loves. And, uh, and when Jesus describes the love he has for us, it's agapao. You know, when Jesus says God so loved the world that he gave, that Jesus loves us, when we speak of those kinds of passages, it's that word, that give all of yourself without regard for personal well-being and, in, and with nothing held back, full surrender kind of love. Well, when we come to this text, this little text in Romans chapter 12, that talks about love and talks about the different kind of love, you see that love at play. So what Paul's saying to us and to his friends under the direction of God as he was writing the, the little letter or the letter of Romans, he's saying, look, we need to have a different kind of love, a kind of love that says it's not about what I can get, it's about what I can give. The kind of love that says it's all for you, it's all about you, it's, all, it's give myself away kind of love, full commitment, full surrender, nothing held back even at times to my own detriment. And so that's the kind of love he's calling us to. So in these verses, if you want to follow along with me, in these verses in Romans, it's chapter 12, and in verse 9 is where I'm going to start. In, in Romans 12, 9, he just starts it like this. He says, don't just pretend to love each other, really love them. Hate what's wrong, hold tightly to what is good. I'm going to I'll read the other couple of verses in a minute, but let's just pause here for a moment. This is one of those places where not only does the language tell us the uniqueness of love, but Paul kind of underlines it. He says, look, don't just kind of love each other. Don't just pretend to love each other. Don't just, you know, don't just do the soundbite love, right? Don't just do the love that is social media love, right? To get you to feel a particular way about me. Don't just pretend to love each other. Really love each other. So he kind of doubles down on that there, doesn't he? he? He just says, look, you need to love, and it's a different kind of love, and that's already expressed in the nuance of this word that I'm using. Love each other, full surrender, nothing held back, you're good over my good. Just just love each other like that, but don't just pretend like you do it. Don't just, don't just do the kind of, okay, while you're in front of me, I'm going to act like that, but, but really, genuinely give that affection away. I think the reason, too, that he puts that there is that there is a directive for us to choose, for us to choose to discipline ourselves to, to love in that way. And so when he, when he loves, when he describes loving like this, he, he's going to outline now over the next few verses, he's going to kind of give us a, an idea of what this different love looks like. And it's got, uh, for lack of a better word, four qualities. It's got four unique differences from maybe what um, we conventionally have thought about relative to love. And those differences have the power to change us and then change the world around us, as I said in the opening, that, that when we are affected by this different kind of love, then in turn, we are shaped by it and become people who give away that different kind of love. And when we do that, 
there's a better version of our world that emerges. And so, so this kind of teaching is not just built on how can you have a good life? How can you be a good person? How can you be better than you were? But it's also built on how can you change the world? How can you make the world a better place? And, and, and so there's, a, there's kind of a two beneficiary uh, kind of aspect to this teaching. So here's, let me just, for just a couple of minutes, let me just show you these four things, these four unique qualities. And the first one, I think you probably already picked it up and can see this coming. It's in, the, in that first verse where he says, don't just pretend to love each other, but really, really love each other. And, and what he's kind of pointing out there, or what he's calling into, you know, our awareness for lack of a better word he what he's what he's paying us helping us pay attention to is this that that the different kind of love that god offers is authentic it's real it's genuine don't just pretend like it but but really love each other and when you think about authentic love let me just maybe describe what makes that so different one thing is this authentic love is free from agenda it it just it's not given in order to get something back you know it, it doesn't matter how the person responds. It's just love that is given. I, I don't think we have to work hard to see how God showed us that, how God modeled that, how we, if we are willing to open our eyes and, and say yes, how we are recipients of that love. Paul wrote earlier in this letter of Romans, in Romans 5, he said, look, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, but he precedes it like this. He says, God displayed or God showed or God commended his love towards us. That God, God showed us what authentic love was like in that while we were still not giving back anything to God, he demonstrates his love for us. In fact, here's, here's a truth that you need to know. God loves you today regardless of how you receive this teaching. God loves you today regardless of whether you say yes or not. God loves you today whether or not you agree with him. God loves you today regardless. God loves you with a love that's free from agenda. Now, now I want to be clear. God loves you, but in order to have a relationship, there's a little different requirement. But he, but you can't change his love for you. And, and I'll, I'll explain that a little later. But, but God loves you with this, this love that is free from agenda. And, and that's, that's an aspect that that's really different, isn't it? I mean, most of the time, you know, when we're seeking love from someone else, there's, there's a little bit of what can I get out of this? How can I, how can I benefit or how does this benefit me? And, and we love to be loved. God didn't, God didn't love to be loved. God just loves. In fact, the later in the new Testament, almost at the end, the writer in John says, God is love. Not just that he gives love, but he is love. I mean, that's a, it's just a universal transcendent, transcendent reality. God is the essence of love. And he doesn't love to be loved. He just loves. And that's true of how he feels about you. He doesn't love in order for you to love him. He just loves. However, his love for us is compelling and makes us want to love him when we're willing to see that agenda-free, authentic love. Just one more thing maybe about what it means to be authentic and why that's unique and different is this, that, that authentic love desires the best for the object of the love, for the other. That's the way it works. That's this love that is described in that word, that give yourself away, full surrender, nothing held back kind of love. That, that idea that um, I love you and want everything good for you regardless of how that works out for me, regardless of what I get from it. And that's what God's heart is for us. That's, that's how he loves us. He wants the best for us. And so 
He points us in the right ways. He doesn't change his love for us if we choose not to go that way, but he still loves us desiring the best for us. So, so authentic love, that's the, that's the first kind of unique quality of this different love that we're recipients of. So let's, let's read just a little bit further in those verses. So it says, don't pretend to love, and talks about that. Then verse 10 says, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. So pause here again. And when he's outlining this kind of love, so he, the first way he says it, it's not different, same word all the way through, same concept all the way for, through, but as he's describing it with these sentences, he's giving us kind of some clarity about what makes us different. And the first one is that it's authentic, and the second one is that it's committed, that, that we genuinely love each other and holding tightly to each other, that, we're, that we genuinely, uh, as, he, as he says here, that we love with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other, that we're that we're committed to each other. We're going to go the full distance of this. It's not, it's not, well, I'm going to love you to this point and then I'm going to stop, but, but I'm going to love you and continue. That's one of the uniquenesses of a committed love that, that makes it so um, transformational is this, that committed love doesn't stop. You know, and we, we kind of have this other love that's floating around in our world. That's good. As long as it's good, right? You know, we love as long as it's good, but then if something happens, uh, hold up, you know, and, and, and the love fountain kind of runs out or gets turned off. And, and the kind of love that, that he's describing here, that, that we take delight in honoring each other, we love with a genuine affection that says, look, even if um, you uh, don't respond, even if you don't, you know, go the way I want you to go, I'm going to just keep on loving you. You can't, you can't stop me from loving you which again points us back to the kind of love God has for us. You can respond however you want to God and you can't stop him from loving you. His love is there. It's, it's always there. It's always at max volume. You can't turn it down and you can't turn it off. That he's just not going to stop loving you. He, he will continue to love you with that kind of committed love. And that, and that committed love, not only does it never stop, but it's non-competitive. You know, so, so you see there in that passage, he says, so, so love each other and, and take delight in honoring one another. Take delight in walking with each other and celebrating together at the wins and, 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 and take delight in, in not, not saying, oh, well, why do you get this and I don't, but take delight in the fact that you are loving in a way that celebrates them regardless of what's going on in your life. So, so, you know, like committed love, uh, one of those uniquenesses is it never stops. And one of those uh, uniquenesses is that it's not competitive. And then the committed love is not going to be dissuaded by challenges or difficulties or controversy. In this type of love, we have, we believe the best for one another and we can say with clear eyes and full integrity. I've got your back. It doesn't matter how hard the war is. It doesn't matter how hard the conflict is. I'm in it with you. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be pushed back or pushed away because in this moment or in this season, there is this difficulty. And so genuine love is, or authentic love is free from an agenda. And it, and it has this, um, uh, uh, kind of clear desire the best and committed love doesn't stop. It's not competitive and it's not dissuaded. 
uh, in the face of difficulty. So those are two of the four distinctives, authentic and committed. Let's read on. So verse 11, uh, picking up where we left off. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Now, it sounds like, like he's changing his tone, but this is all the same paragraph. He's still talking about love. He's talking about how this different love kind of plays itself out. It's authentic and it's committed. And now he introduces this third idea that actually bleeds uh, into the next verse as well. So I'll read it. Uh, It picks up verse 12. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. Um, what, what that love or what he's talking about there is he's kind of further defining this different love is this love is active. It's not passive. Uh, sometimes in, in it kind of, um, our style that, that we go, well, if you love me, then I'll in turn respond. And love is responsive rather than proactive that, that love is a reaction to rather than an, initi- an initiation in, and, and this kind of love, as, as Paul is beginning to make us clear about how it's different, is love that is active, that it, that it pursues, that it, that it pushes for the best. Love is willing to, to kind of get in there and, and, and push you to grow, say sometimes hard things, uh, be sure that you're pursuing truth, but do it in a way that you know, hey, this is a safe place. I'm not telling you I'm leaving you. I'm just telling you this is the right way. This is the best way. This is the clear way. It's kind of like, I think about this, it's kind of like a trainer at the gym. You know, that trainer, you know, he, you know, he's like you, he wants you to like him. He wants you to keep paying him for his, for his services, you know, but, but at the same time, he has a job to push you as a job to, to say, try harder. He has a job to, to try to get the best out of you. And so they, they work hard to, to, to do that. And, and they're willing to say, I'm committed to you in this way. In the same way, this love that, that is being outlined, this different love, this love that, that God has for us, and then this love that shapes us and how we love others is love that is active. It's, it's a first step kind of love. And think about this. Go back to that verse I referenced in, in Romans 5 where Paul says, God displayed or God showed or God commended his love. He demonstrated his love for us. And while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God took the first step. God said, you're not worthy of it. I'm not, not all of you are even going to say yes to it. But I love you, and your and my love for you forces me, compels me, drives me to go towards you. We're not too far from celebrating Christmas, and and as we talk about Christmas, we talk about God entering our world, and that whole idea of God entering our world is God taking the first step. It's that active and pursuing kind of love, and when that love is active. And when you see in these verses this kind of description that Paul has about what active love looks like, it is passionate. You can see it, not, not just passionate in the romantic way. I mean, obviously, there are loves that that's true, but, but it's passionate in the energy way, that there's this energy that comes when we love for the better outcome, that we're, that we're committed and we're excited and we're energized by that, that kind of love that, that is, is pushing for the best in you. And so, so there's a passion in us to engage with others in a way that pushes them for the best. And that kind of love for it to be active 
It, it has to be built on a presupposition about human humanity. And here, here it is. And I think it's a good reminder for us in the day in which we live. It's this, that life and growth happen over time. That it's, there's this progression that occurs in our life. There's a process that, that we're none of us where we want to be today, but we can get there or at least take steps in that direction. And that's a process. And so it acknowledges that love that is um, active, acknowledges that there's a process that's in play and there's, and I've got patience with you because you're in the process, but I also am engaging with you to encourage you to take steps in the process, that, that active love. Then we come to the very last uh, characteristic, that uniqueness, that distinction uh, of this different love. So we, we've talked about three, authentic, committed, and active. And here's the third one. It's found in verse 13, and I just want to read this verse to you. It says, when God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. So here's what Paul's saying here, and this is the word I want to use. <laughs> he, he doesn't use it, but here's the word I want to use. That this different love is big-hearted. That, that God loves us with a big-hearted love, and in turn, he shapes us by a big-hearted love, and he wants us to give a big-hearted love. And here's what I mean about a big-hearted love. First, a big-hearted love is generous. That's, that's what that text says, right? That, well, what I have is yours. I, I'm happy to share that with you. Uh, I'm happy to, to give you what I have that would help you uh, experience growth in your life, right? And it's generous and says, says, I'm not going to wait for you to ask for it. You know, that's that active part. So, so I've got this generosity thing going in this love. I want to help you. I want to I, not, I give everything I have away. That's not the point, but the point is I give what I have that helps you progress and, and it's yours. And I don't wait for you to ask, but instead I see the need long before you articulate the need and maybe even before you know you have the need, but I'm willing to step in and be proactive in that process. Big hearted love is sensing or perceiving. It doesn't wait for somebody to say I'm hurting. It doesn't wait for somebody to say I need something, but instead it feels what it must be like. And that might be an important shift for many of us to make as it relates to the world in which we live, that there's always a story, right? I mean, here's, all these things that happen with people that are going on with people around us and we can get angry at them or we can ask this question, what's the story behind this? What's driving this behavior? How, how, does, how does this person's life circumstance bring them to this end? Doesn't mean we leave them in that condition. Doesn't mean we justify that condition. It just means we can empathize. We can feel the pain or we can feel the trauma or we can feel the stress or we can we can feel what's going on that creates that and a big hearted love then generously gives love responding to the fact that there's a story behind that sensing that there is something that's driving behavior and then and then that big hearted love is love that's accepting now i need to be really clear what i mean by this is it doesn't mean it's approving. There's a very big difference between accepting and approving. And we blur those lines. In fact, our cultural conversation wants to make us say they're the same thing. They're not. I can love you and not approve of what's happening in your life. But here's what big hearted love does is it says, look, we're not going to prejudice against each other. We're not going to separate. We're not going to allow a wedge between us 
because of what I don't approve of, because I love you. And again, let's think about God for a moment, because here's the model for us. While we were yet sinners. See, while, while I was living my life at odds with God, while you were living your life at odds with God, we were, we were enemies of God, so to speak. While we were still engaging in those things that God is opposed to, that God hates, actually. I mean, that's, that's how we understand God's feelings towards sin. When we were engaging in those broken behaviors, God still loved us. And he demonstrated that he still loved us and that he died for us. And he died for us so that we could find a way into truth. And he's unwilling to give us love without giving us truth. It's not loving to do that. And so God wants the best for us. So he says, here's the outline of how you should behave. Here's how you experience the best version of you and, and his truth leadership, his telling us the truth and leading us into the truth is as much a demonstration of love as anything else that he does. But look at this. He never denies us. He never rejects us from a love standpoint. He never, he never turns his back on us when we're at odds with him. And we need to learn to do that. We need to learn to say there are truths that are being violated. There are behaviors that need to be changed, but that does not change my love for you. That does not change that I see you with the same kind of love that God sees you. An accepting love that invites you to find your way into truth. Now, I said earlier in this uh, uh, episode, I said I would explain something I said. So God loves you, period, full stop. And that's, you can't make it more, you can't make it less, can't turn the volume up, can't turn it down, can't turn it off. God loves you. That's the truth, won't go away, regardless of what you think. You can deny his existence, he still loves you. But here's what he says. He says, I love you, and it's there. I want a relationship with you. In order to have a relationship with me, okay, you're going to have to start walking in my direction. You're going you're gonna to have to be with me. You're going to have to move with me and move in the way that I'm moving. doesn't mean you have to be perfect yet, but you have to be moving down the path with God because, because in order to have a relationship, you have to be in proximity. And the things that, again, precede our relationship with God are sin. And when sin is in the world or when sin is in our life, when we're still living there, we're moving away from God, not towards God. He can love you, but you can't be in relationship with him. Does that make sense? I hope it does. If it doesn't, I'll be glad to talk about it further. I'll be glad to answer your questions. You can shoot them in the comments below. You can email us off the website, uh, 724life.org, or you can DM me off of any of our social media platforms, Instagram and Facebook, and our uh, identity there are, um, is uh, 724life ministry. So I'd if, you, if, you don't make, if that doesn't make sense, that, that God loves you, but you can't be in relationship with him unless you're moving with him, moving in his direction, please, I'd love to, to talk further about that. So here's the thing. Bottom line, there are these four kind of distinctives about this different love, this different love that God has for us and that he wants to shape us with, that he wants to that he wants us to receive from him. So that's the first way that we're a beneficiary of this love. And then he wants to help us love in that way. You might have already said yes to God and and you might have seen that great love in your life from him. You might you might resonate deeply with what 
the magnitude of that verse that while you were still a sinner, Christ died for you. That's how much God loves you. And, and, and you're still in that process of growing. And today you need to pause and think, how can I display authentic, committed, active, and big-hearted love to others? I would encourage you to go to a specific person. You know, there's somebody in your life maybe that's challenging that. And how could you do that? And it could be today that you're not a beneficiary of that in that way. That you not only need to be shaped by it, but first you need to receive it. That, that it never has occurred to you that God loves you and that he loves you so deeply that he would die on a cross and uh, live again, rise again on your behalf so that you could have relationships. So he could show you how to move in his direction so that not only do you have the knowledge that his love is there, but you actually can sit in the warmth and intimacy of a relationship that he just pours that love on you every day. If you're that person, you can start that journey with God real simply. You can just say right now, you can close your eyes, bow your heads. Don't even have to close your eyes. You can just whisper this prayer. God, I want you in my life. Thank you for loving me. Now forgive me. I want to move in your direction. Help me take my life toward you and help me experience a relationship with you. If you whispered those words, you've started that journey. And again, I'd love to help you on that journey. All those ways of communicating are available. Please take advantage of them. Will you let me pray for you before we, before we leave today? God, thank you for your love. I mean, so many ways that you tell us you love us. You, you declare it in your word that you love the world so you gave your son, that you loved us and that you died for us before we were even on your team, that you, that you have the greatest love for us, that you would give up your life for us and you would call us friends. Just so many ways that you tell us you love us in your word. And then, Father, so many ways that creation around us screams your love for us. And, and today, Father, we are connected in this way. And even in this connection, the fact that it's here and these truths are here is just a, a sovereign guidance of yours that demonstrates you love us and you're pursuing us. You love us with a love that is authentic and active and committed and big hearted. And so, Father, today, let us first say yes to your love and lean into moving your way. And secondly, let us be shaped by your love and give that love to a world that desperately needs it. Thank you again for your love. And we say in response to that, that we love you. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today for our 724 Life podcast. We hope that it has been helpful as you endeavor to follow Jesus seven days a week, 24 hours a day in every part of your life. Be sure you subscribe to this podcast so that you can hear future episodes. Also, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at 724 Life Ministry and subscribe and like our YouTube channel at 724 Life. I hope you have a great day and we look forward to seeing you next time.